You seem hungry. Good thing your table is ready with Saturday Omaha. Saturday Omaha. Eat this. Well, I'll say this is Dave with Saturday Omaha, and we are here on another episode of Food Recognized Food, where we talk to people in and around the restaurant industry. I am super fortunate to have a certified pizzaiolo in the location here, which would be David Losole of Virtuoso Pizzeria. David, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on here, Dave. This is fantastic. So you, you and I have uh, obviously talked several times in the pizzeria. Uh, you're kind enough to show me around uh, the, the kitchen and things. We'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, yeah, we're here to talk about some pizza and talk about some food. And let's just kind of lead off with what's happened at Virtuoso first. Let's start there and we'll just kind of branch out. Well, what's happening at Virtuoso? I would say happening is pizza. Lots of pizza going on there. Yeah. Um, and one of the things I think that people should know what's happening at Virtuoso is it's completely family, right? Like it's always myself, my wife, or my son. They're always the only three back there making your food. So it kind of gives you that unique experience. You're not uh, several hands in there. I was listening to uh, Piero talk on his. Oh, from WD. Yeah. Yeah his little episode here and he was like i'm a little hard in the kitchen you know and some people say i'm hard to work with sometimes because you know kind of abrupt and he has a certain way but Mm -hmm. and a lot of passion right same same with me like i'm feeling that all the time so it's kind of it's not hard to work for me it's just you have to have a certain set of standards and there's not a lot of people that that want to do it and do it at the level we do it consistently they kind of they want to switch things up more or be more of a uh like a chef kind of, you know, let's let's create, let's recreate something every week or every day. You know, we're, we're making pizza to make it consistent, to make it quality, to make yeah. it good. You know, so I tell them it's not a it's not a high profile job where you're like, oh, hey, we're mixing it up every week, but we're not dialing up the plates and sure. coming up with new menu you, items. You, just... you unabashedly serve a delicious slice of pizza on a paper plate with a napkin. New Absolutely. York style. New York right? style. New York pizza, New York attitude. Absolutely. So, uh yeah, we, we like to get it done up there. We sell a lot of slices out the window. We got a window on the sidewalk up there on uh, Maple Street in Benson. I love the slice window. Is that, I think that might be the only walk up slice window, like in the tri state area, maybe? Yeah, well, I don't know if we're the only one now. I know there was a place in, in Lincoln and a couple other places that have windows, yeah. so to speak. But I would say true slice where you walk up, order a slice. We reheat it just like they do in New York. So we rethermalize it, is what I say. But people are like, what does that mean? I'm like, just we put it in another little oven with a stone. You, you have a dedicated oven or two, two don't dedicated you? ovens. Yeah, and that's the that's the beauty of a New York slice, right? Like the reheat of it is is where you get that extra crisp and that chew, where you're like a little bit of char, and and it's just a it's. It's a better slice after it sits, kind of marries everything together. Yeah. It's kind of like, hey, man, we've just been hanging out here. Oh, let's let's get together in the oven again, and then boom, you get a different magical slice. They're they're both great, you know. The, the yeah. New York out of the oven if you're eating in or whatever but the one when if you order a slice it's a little different you know it's got a little bit more crisp and chew to it just because of the the twice bake method you know it is yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll have to circle around to that and but and you were saying you know as far as the environment there you make everything there's very approachable i dig the fact you got a you know video game in the back you got some good music playing you got the walk-up window and i think the very first time i had actually encountered you Head Pizzaiolo at Virtuoso there. I can't remember if you had either just wheeled in a Schwinn bicycle 
into the restaurant. This is way back. This is before mm-hmm. before you even remodeled and whatnot. Because you've you've got an old school banana seat Schwinn bike, and I hear rumors that you've every once in a while been riding that down Maple Street in in Benson. It's it's yeah. happened. Yeah. So we still do yeah. that quite regularly. <laughs> um, my wife and myself we have a '68 Lemon Peeler and a '70 P Picker Schwinns with the five speed nice. full suspension bikes and. People are like, you guys ride those? I'm like, they're no fun if you just hang them on the wall. So, yeah, we ride those. And, you know, like I said, so you might come to the pizzeria and experience a, a note on the window that says, uh, back in 20 minutes, <laughs> went on a bike ride. And, nice. You know, that's for our sanity and for uh, the love of your food, you know. Yeah. So we need a little break every once in a while, and that's how we break it up. We go for a little ride up and down the circuit, and uh, that's just through the Benson area, and yeah, then we come back and we make pizza. So That's perfect. You know, it, we do four days a week, Wednesday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. Yeah. And, uh, you know, what we do is, is quality. I'm, I would say, second-generation family of Lasoli's doing restaurants in the Omaha area. Yeah, right? so, so get into that a little bit because <clears throat> yeah. people are going to recognize that name. Yeah, and so a little extra know. history is yeah. uh, my parents started – well, they had a restaurant way – we'll go way back to – well, we'll say late 70s, early 80s. Uh, they had a place on 213 South 19th Street. South it's, 19th. Yeah, it's a parking garage now. Oh, it's, man. It's located next to an alleyway there. But used to be uh, you were able to, like, stand out front of the place and hold the parking meter for your mom while she circled back so she can get the prime spot, you know? Yeah. Can't do that nowadays. No. <laughs> <laughs> she was just a block off the main drag of where people would walk for lunch and stuff, so... She was probably the original hot dog person downtown. She had an old Coca-Cola cart, and she had a cooler behind us, the Coca-Cola cart. We had tacos and hot dogs that we would sell. Good combo. Yeah, and we would we would capture the cars at the red lights or the people, or we would direct them up to what the, the restaurant Lasoli's Landmark was doing up the road there, you know, and then they had six kids, and, you know, they did that for a lot of years. And then kind of went, my dad went into food service for a little bit, and then he was country club chef for quite a number of years. Oh, wow. He was a he was country club chef at uh, Happy Hollow Country Club. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, and I believe he was country club chef there before Lasoli's Landmark. And then after that, he was a chef at, you know, the Field Club. And then he had the opportunity, him and my mom, to do a solo meal yeah. down in a little neighborhood. And they kind of modeled it after three of their favorite Italian places across the country. Oh, and cool. that came up with the concept of the the bread, the tomato basil, the olive oil at oh, the table, you man. know, the the whole welcoming family, the big mm. plates. And, you know, my mom was always a, a genius at the the customer service aspect of it, you know. Yeah. And I was in the kitchen and the, and the front, front and back a lot. And they're both entirely different animals, right? Sure. You have to speak and do a different way out front. And in the kitchen, you know, you're a little more straight to the point. Right. And, and things are exponential and a sense of urgency but but not crazy and not chaotic or messy nobody wants to eat from the crazy person you know (laughs) just throwing stuff everywhere you know right so there's got to be a system and and that's where i learned a lot of my my systems and you know learned to cook as a as a kid from my mom and and then my dad you know in the restaurant business and and lots of other different little chefs and and cooks and people that invite me and let me into their kitchen along the way that's the best way to learn for me what took you to pizza what took you to open virtuoso and do it different because you're, you're not running a uh, pasta based 
Italian restaurant, you're running your thing. So what, what kind of what, led you that way? Well, it's funny you say your thing. And my dad would always tell me in the kitchen when I would say, let's do this or let's do that. He'd say, hey, when you get your place, you do it your way. You know, <laughs> so I'd be like, oh, OK. You know, so now I do it my way, which is uh, keep it simple, stupid. The kiss rule. I I chose pizza kind of because pizza chose me, mm. if you will. I like okay? this. Yes. So, I'm a guy of the universe. I put things out into the atmosphere. I believe in positive energy, and you get what you project out there. So there was a time where, you know, I was exiting La Solomio, and I was like, hey, I'm going to go on my own. And I wasn't really going to do pizza. I wasn't really sure what I was going to do. Some sort of Italian, maybe Italian steakhouse possibly is what I was thinking. Yeah. And I was going to do it somewhere down in the old market. And then through life and circumstances, life happens. So... The universe presented me with an opportunity to get a building up in the Benson area that was a pizza shop for, like, I think 25 years or something to that degree. So oh, wow. it was already a pizza shop, right? Yeah. And it was a shotgun location, meaning it's 20 by 70. Okay. And I went in and I was asking people, you know, hey, you know, I was scouting it out before we committed. And what do you guys sell the most of you guys? You know, what, what's going on up here? It's It's flanked by... Lots of entertainment, lots of uh, bars with uh, different music and different uh, right. venues going on. We do a thing up there called Benson First Friday. They block off military for a lot of the months of the year, yeah. a lot of the vendors and tents up there. So it's really a great space up there. So I was like, well, do you sell a lot of these little – the guy tells me, oh, you know, we sell these little personal pizzas all the way up to these big ones and stuff. And I said, well, do you sell a lot of them personal ones? He said, no. A lot of those people just leave because they don't want to wait. Oh, okay. Because they're going to a concert or yeah. something starting, you know. So I was like, oh, fresh coming back from San Francisco and, and getting certified up there. And I was like, you know, I think I'm going to put a window in right here. I'm, I'm going to put a slice window in right here. Yeah. And we're going to do like Gemignani. Tony Gemignani is a, a mentor slash friend, I guess you'd say. Uh-huh. Um, and he's the guy's certified pizzaiola, considered one of the best pizza makers in the world. You know, lots of world championships, taught thousands of people across the country, uh, all, over, all over the world, you know. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people. I Actually, I bought his book, but. Well, you went to school, so well, to, I, I couldn't go. Well, I couldn't comprehend his book, so I was like, you know what? I'm going to call this guy up, and I'm going to go to his school. And it actually started when I was in Vegas eating at one of his places, and I asked, hey, can I go back and see is this guy here? And they said, no, he's not. He's accessible, but he's got you know these places around blah, blah, blah. I said, oh, okay. So I buy the book because you know, the waitress, she was directing me. You know, She's like, he's got a cookbook. You can... You can get this. It's yeah. called the Pizza Bible. I was like, okay. So I get the Pizza Bible. I'm like, I'm going to learn to make this pizza because there's not a lot of places making pizza like this. I think Dante was like the only one that was on my radar at the time. Yeah. And he was out west. So I was like, I think I can put a pizza place into this this space that yeah. we projected, right? Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. The next thing you know, I'm like, I can't I can't figure this out through this book. I'm, I'm going to call this guy because yeah. there's a number, you know, to go to the school. And he asks you some questions to make sure you're legit. And so when I'm there, and I think I can brag this up now, he he's no longer has a pizza school. He's that is correct. He's a very successful uh, franchiser now. So he has, uh, I don't know, X amount of franchises going yeah. on. So he, he gave up the school part of it. But I think I'm pretty much the only one in that school that went through. I called up and I was like, hey, I'll be there this week. Is it possible? I'm just going to be solo can I just come and work in your kitchen? At the time, I wanted to do a show uh, just like any Kitchen USA. Like, 
where I go into their kitchen and I can cook with any crew or maybe it was a home kitchen and you drop me in and we just raid your cupboard and make whatever. Do something. Something yeah. like that, right? Yeah. So I said, do you think I can cook in your kitchen? And he kind of paused and he was like, well, we never had anybody do that before or ask that before. So, you know, I, I don't know, you know. And so I hung up and I told <laughs> told my wife, she goes, well, what did he say? I said, well, he didn't say no. <laughs> so, I, so I go there and long story short, I ended up getting to, you know, befriend a guy named Matt Molina, who's also a world champion, and work in his kitchen when he was running Capos up around the corner. Tiago, I can't think of his last name. He's another world champion. Uh, Laura Meyer and, and Tony Gemignani. Those were the people that kind of taught me to respect the craft, the yeah. science of it, and what high volume, really good quality pizza looks like and tastes like. So, yeah. you know, credit to a lot of that, of what I do. Uh, I even have people coming from San Francisco and go, man, lots of good similarities here between these two places. I thought, yeah. you know, when they read the history or see or go, where? Did, oh, you went to his school. Okay. Now it makes sense why this pizza tastes like this. That's so, awesome. So you got the slice window going in. You've got the interior. So now you can provide a, a full-size pizza or a slice to, to go. So for your hungry concert goers or yeah. whoever is dropping by. And I think during COVID, too, that kind of worked out kind of nice because you didn't need to make a window. You already had one. You could, you know, slice outside because the interior was closed for a little while, too, right? Yeah, so. actually 22 months. We had. That. Oh, my gosh. It was almost two years. Yeah, because one wow. COVID factor in there, but yeah. also they had the sidewalk closed. That's right, because all the construction yeah the benson theater so that was closed i ordered at the time a new oven from italy and it became a nightmare to get it took like supposed to take three to six months you know about four months max so i figured okay this will work out perfect it came closer to the nine month mark and then when it came the top part of it was wrecked which just meant it was going to be like two more months oh my gosh (laughs) you know and then the hood didn't you know so i was like we'll run with one oven but the guy bought it from actually was like oh i'm gonna just you know i'm gonna save it a thousand bucks and just use this show model hood yeah and send it but he wasn't thinking they uh redid the models for the new model it's three quarters of an inch oh so it didn't fit yeah so so my son and i are like trying to damn near rip this hood apart you know so we can at least work with one deck so yeah 22 months the sidewalk closed covid oven delays uh reimagining who we were as uh what we were going to come back as yeah and uh you know, we got a little small market with a, a deli case up there now. Yeah. Still got the slices going on. You know, you can get some Millie coffee from us. Um, lots of the little condiments in there, the house sausage, Italian sausage, and the ropes, yeah. three-pound ropes. We have a fruit cup now that we do, little charcuterie boards from, from Oli and, and Columbus Meats. We've we kind of been trying to add and mix things in there a little bit. So yeah. Some grab-and-go stuff. Some entrees will be coming. And then, you know, Wednesday through Saturday, it's... It's pretty much just, let's go. We're busy, busy, busy. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't come. You know, we, <laughs> we get everybody in and out in about 20 minutes. That, There's people that come sometimes that go, nobody's in here right now. You know, and it is a weird vibe because it's always a loud vibe. It's always the music. And, and the music's what makes me go. Yeah. yeah, you know, so that would be probably our number one complaint is, oh, the music is, is too loud. But it, it's not really too loud. <laughs> it's just the right amount of, of uh, BPM, which is beats per minute, to make me, you know, be the guy back there with my son for 10, 12 hours in a day, yeah. four days in a row, enjoying what we're doing, kind of rocking out, making pizza. One thing that I kind of like on how you have your kitchen set up 
is you've got quite the system back there. You you said early on when we were talking here that you know nobody wants to buy food from the crazy kitchen where stuff is all over the place. You you go back in your kitchen and you've got things nicely portioned out, ready to go. You're able to. I mean, you keep a, a pretty tight ship back there. That's a pretty cool system you got going. Yeah, thank you. Uh, and that is one of the best things that I hear as a compliment is from the health department guy when he comes in or she comes in. They're like, oh, they either tell me they heard about my kitchen or they're like, oh, wow, this is – if every kitchen was like this, we would not have a job. <laughs> Easy peasy, right? Yeah, yeah, so we practice safe, quality food handling. We wear gloves when we handle, you know, like, so if I'm making the fresh fruit cup, I'm going to handle the, the cup, you know, the sure. veg or the fruits with the gloves for the bacteria, you know, because that's going to absorb in there and, and any raw meats. But, like, man, if we're handling cheese and the pepperoni and we're topping your pies and we're opening pizzas and, and ladling out for the day, you know, th- those kinds of things we don't wear gloves for because they're unnecessary. We would literally be switching gloves every single task. We have three wash stations with, you know, nail brushes and, and we practice hygiene. So, sure. So when you come into our kitchen and you look, the floor is immaculate. It can be a a busy Friday night, and it looks just like a Tuesday lunch shift, you know, in there. But that's because of the system. Everything is weighed, portioned. Uh, we weigh your lettuce out. I mean, everything is calculated and, and made with thought, you know. Like, with, sure. you know, we do a GBD there, which is get better daily, which for us isn't, you know, the recipes, those are rooted in what we do. Sure. So we're not trying to change those up, you know. But maybe the delivery system or you know, how we maybe stack something or the flow. So everything can be a little bit better, a little more dialed in, working with other people. And we don't work with a lot of people, but when we do, you know, it's it, the people that come to work for us, they have to be be able to handle a lot of pressure fast because it comes in waves, you know, and it comes mm-hmm. hard. And mm-hmm. it might be empty. Back to my point, you might walk in, it might be empty. But you walk out the door and you don't see, like, maybe five minutes later, the, the entire place is like, half full 30 people yeah or 20 people walked in at once or it just comes and goes and and we're we're to be ready at all times that's the key you know well that's cool and and what i like is and I, i've done both i've well i've eaten i've done takeout i've done the the slice window which is convenient come in the other day when i saw you i just had a slice my co-host uh and tj and i came in and we ordered like the whole dang menu and so you can do Many different things, and but when I was in there eating a slice, what one thing you said that you know you need your staff to to be able to you know handle the pressure and things. I think communication seems really key because I know you're back in back of house with your pizza peel, your opening dough, your you know throwing pies, you're you know making fruit cups, whatever, and then front of house is making sure they're taking orders and getting things out. And you know I heard you guys communicating real nice between each other. Okay, we've got I had a to go order on my way out. It's like we got a you know meatball sandwich, no spice or however you said it. You know yeah, back yeah. it's like heard whatever. And- so you want to know the funny thing like my wife and my son. I'm I'm used to working with them. I sure. love them uh, a whole ton. So. Sometimes it's easy to go like from zero to like, hey, this is what I said, you know, or this is coming out with a little more vocality, sure, but sure. not like I'm yelling, but to the common ear, they're like, man, that guy is back there just yelling right now. <laughs> but, you know, even if I'm just by myself, that's the rhythm. That's the rhythm of the kitchen. I want to say when you were there, actually, there was nobody in the kitchen helping me, but I yelled it out yeah. because if I don't yell it out, I don't really remember it. But by yelling yeah. it out from the start of my day to the end of my day, you know, if, if we might do, you know, a, two 
250, 300 people on a Friday night, right? That's wow. that's, that's clicking. Yeah. And I can pretty much tell you about every single ticket that went out, what it was. A week ago, my wife was gone. It was just me. I was having to do double time up at the front, which she's a maniac because she answers the phone, does the pizzas, yeah. puts them in the oven, reheats them, takes, you know, she's, she's like the backbone of the place. I'm just kind of like, hey. I, I make it look good with the food, but she makes it really work the she way it, it works. She makes it happen. Yeah, and then, you know, you got my son on dough that keeps it consistent for us. So it's really a team effort up there, but to be able to go through your day and go, okay, I knew every one of these tickets. I actually called down to the place. I'm like, I forgot to give this guy a side of pesto. He ordered it, and they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, I was just going through my ticket checklist in my head because I'm, I'm always striving for the A+, plus, right? Sure. You know, and you don't always get it, but that's what you go for. That's the part about being consistent, and I, I joke with people, but I'm, I'm also very serious about it when I say, so if I come in to your establishment and it's mediocre food, okay, and then I choose to come back and it's kind of mediocre, okay, then I accept, the, you know, the price and the, the quality and everything. That's just kind of mediocre, right? But don't stray from mediocre. Make that your consistency. Just be consistent. Yeah, you know, don't shock me one day and be like, oh, my gosh, this is out of this world, and then... You know, one day it's down here at the bottom or something. You know, we started kind of at a very high, high level of consistency and yeah. pride. I have a lot of pride that we do up there. That's why I put the last name was to show family pride um, and also to let people know, hey, my parents had a very successful restaurant for 30 years, La Solis or La Solomio up there on 32nd yep. Ave. They bet. retired, thank God, at uh, their age. They deserve it. <laughs> and uh, so they're enjoying life right now. But I... I'm second generation of uh, Italian Lasoli family, carrying on a restaurant, and uh, my family is uh, restaurant orientated. I'll say my my dad, my brother, my mom, and my uncle. I believe are all in the uh, Omaha Metro like uh, Hall of Fame for oh, culinary cool. Hall of Fame. Wow! Yeah. So uh, nice. Yeah. When you think about that, it's kind of like, oh, oh, you know. So, but <laughs> you know. I respect uh, I respect the craft and I honor yeah. the old world way that I was kind of schooled in how to do it and and that's just you know what we pride ourselves on. So I love it. I love it. You know, you're putting your your heart and soul into the ingredients and to preparation and everything that comes out. I mean, you you know, I think every time I've been there, you're always checking with the guests. How's your pizza? How's it? You know, and what I also love is you're so willing to share the the excellence and and the things that you have learned with others when i was there well several times you if there's a you know little kid eating some pizza and and with their parents and you know they're interested in what you're doing back there you'll show them what's going on yeah and, and they're and good so, kids i have to yeah. I want to interject <laughs> but for the record though yeah if kids if you can inspire a young kid at a young age right and, yeah. and they're they're already well-mannered and a good kid, right? Like, I'm not taking the kid that's kicking his sister under the table or, you know, can't, you know, whatever. But the good kids in there, like, they love the pizza part of it or just the, the yeah. whole interacting. I say, hey, you want to come make a pizza or you want to come check this out? Or it's a memory. It's something they'll probably never forget. For I remember sure. being a kid going down to Buddha's. It was an old Italian grocery store. And he had the big olive buckets in the front with the big ladle. And he would slice the salami for us. And 
Al would give us a slice of the salami to That's try. Awesome, you know, so you get that little piece of salami. You know, this is so good. So yeah, you know, even as an adult, I love olives and, and salami. Who doesn't? Well, and you're, and you're talking about it now, so obviously it did forge a memory for yeah, you because here sure. we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so, and so you're creating those memories for these new youngins growing up. Yeah, so. and part of that I learned, I would say, from my mom and just the experience of how. They handled people and things at La Solomillo and yeah. how it was ingrained. And a lot of people that I talk to, even my customers that are be like, hey, I'm from Columbus. And uh, every birthday or every anniversary, we would drive down here for, you know, La Solis yeah. to feed us. So yeah. it, was, it was, you know, nice creating memories for people. At Virtuoso, so you were talking about how, you know, you've got the, the slice ovens in the front. So if you're going to get a slice, you have pies in the case and uh, your wife or whoever is up front is usually going to grab that slice and throw it in the in the oven there. How does that process differ maybe temperature-wise or, or preparation-wise from making a whole pie in the larger ovens? Or is, are, do you just you par-bake them to a certain point? Or how, how does that work? How do you yeah, make it happen? Yeah, so when we do that process there, they're cooked, obviously, in our big ovens. Yeah. Those are at 550 degrees. Okay. Okay, mm-hmm. and then... Many factors go into running a pizza oven, right? Like you have to uh, recover recovery time, yeah, right. And so the stones are going to suck up some of the heat, and so you got to land the pizza and turn it in the same area. You're not constantly moving it, but the next pizza gets its own hot spot, and you kind of do a little serpentine, you know, Tetris type thing up in yeah. there. Yeah. So. With that said, that's the big oven, the yeah. reheat oven, right? So we put a little color on them, and we don't we don't like them too blonde up front because our pizzas do come a, a lightly charred with a little bit of color. And in order, you know, in order to get that, we would have to put it in the the reheat oven for maybe like six seven minutes, and that's just not really realistic for somebody. It's it's a quick slice. It's not right. instant, but we're running that oven at about four hundred. Okay. Up front, so it's got a stone. It's a Baker's Pride stone on the bottom. It's a double deck, twenty inch. We've been in pinches before where I've had to actually land a whole pizza in each oven just to, you know, oh, make, man. The, make the order happen. But since we've got our new oven, we haven't had that issue. But those new ovens are pretty. They're really nice. Yeah, they're they're big <laughs> Capone uh, electric ovens from Italy, uh, double stack. Got room for one more, but. I don't think we're there in volume, and we have a good business. It's nice and steady, and our dough is kind of limited because our cooler space is limited, and yeah. our dough will just segment right into you wanted to talk about dough. so I do. Okay, so I our do. dough is uh, it's made with a live culture, a natural starter. It's a poolish. It's kind of like we'll just say it's 50-50 mix of water and flour, flour. and then it right. naturally germinates over time, and time becomes your friend as long as you take care of it, right? So we store him in the cooler. He becomes dormant like a reptile. We bring him out. He becomes <laughs> active. We steal from him. And we're, we're doing this process. And I'm like, hey, you got to feed that. Make sure you feed that. And so our starter is named Frank because of this feeding, taking and feeding. And I'm telling my son, hey, did you feed that? Make sure you fed that, you know. And he's like, okay, Dad, if I have to feed this thing every day, I'm going to give it a name. <laughs> I said, all right, what's his name? And he's like, his name is Frank. Frank Poolish, you know, because it's a Poolish. So I love Frank Poolish, uh, I believe he was born four twenty three of of twenty seventeen. Who is he? He's been he's been around for a while. Yeah, so we opened up uh, May fifth of twenty seventeen, and fresh out of construction mode and right into making pizza mode. So yeah. it was uh, 
It was a learning process. Uh, I would say we were successful enough to still be here after six years. But if you looked at my pizzas today versus what they look like six years ago, not that the ingredients change. This is part of the GBD process, right? Yeah. The get better, get better daily, daily, right? Um, maybe it was the way we baked it, um, the way the dough was stored, you know, at night versus, sure. you know, how did we stack it? Um, did we put enough oil? Kind of that whole learning process of what's working. Did we pull it out enough to slack it? Was it cold when we put it in the oven? Did somebody pull the dough out or the the sauce out make sure it's room temperature because you don't want to you don't want to be putting cold ingredients into a hot oven because the recovery time will be incredibly long so yeah. the goal is to to have a, a a flow that you can do and and not endless because there is no endless but that you can do consistently at a high level that is a quality product at the end and that is that is my goal um, we search for the highest quality ingredients, anything that's organic that we can get, we do. I source and get all my own products. Matter of fact, if you asked all of the people that have ever delivered produce or grocery to us, even beer, they don't get past my back door. I got a, uh, like an eight-foot runner mat, and that's where I make them all stop. And they're all like amazed when they very first come, if they're a first-timer, like, what? You don't want me to put this in the walk-in cooler or run it through your thing? I know. Have you seen that alley you just came to? That's my restaurant. That's my walk-in cooler. That's where we store food. And then, you know, another thing, I hold them up. If it's a produce order, I go through all my produce, you know, and if Check they don't have out. what I like, I, I send it back. And, and if I have to go source it somewhere else and I can go pick it up, then I do that as well, you know. That's your first check. I mean, even the, was it the, the Serve Safe certification stuff too? Is like, that's your first entry point to the restaurant is to check that stuff out, make sure everything's okay before right. it even makes it in there absolutely so well in you had mentioned frank frank poolish yeah, I, frank I gotta poolish. meet frank so that was nice you took me to yeah, me back there. Gotta meet, meet frank. frank frank's been alive for a while and uh so you have a a naturally leavened pizza i know some places will also after you mix the dough or when you're going to let the actual dough balls ferment add a an extra yeast like kick do you spike your dough or is it just frank no, so it's a it's a little mix of both. Nice, okay, right? cool. Because so, we're making, so we're we're only taking maybe uh, we'll say ten percent or five percent of Frank to make the dough. Because Frank has to continue on. You got yeah. yeah so yeah. Frank, we we got Frank kind of up there a little bit in weight. You know, yeah. He might be you know like a <laughs> hundred and fifty pound guy. Ooh, you know, we, he, but he's, he's, in, he's in he's in the garbage can. Yes, you know that's sanitized. Obviously, it's a. I, I've seen it. It's very clean. Yeah, I promise. And and, and it's uh, on wheels, and we wheel him out and yeah. wheel him back, and we let him sit out there, and you know we kind of yell at him sometimes or talk Italian <laughs> to him, but smack um, him around a little bit. Yeah, he's got to yeah. have attitude. And if you've <laughs> ever if you've ever been into the to the cooler and you see the dough balls, right? So Frank, he'll go into the dough with a little bit of the. Uh, all the ingredients and yeah. you know so we'll bloom our our yeast into the water and gotcha. it goes in, okay. in in components and and you know that's part of a system right like i guess you could throw all of the ingredients in i've seen it done before and but that's not the way that you would do it you, right. you would you would take it and break it down into steps and and the percentages that you're going to use you lay and weigh those all out right this would be the science of it you you try to make it as early in the day and as consistently at that time as possible at the same time yeah, right if, if yeah. You, yeah i mean ideally that's that's what you want that environment and then we live in season changes right so it's Heavily. very important to 
when they do change and and lately we've been getting like this crazy like we got the heat well yeah, it's almost you know, 90 when i came in the other day yeah, and today the, as you and i are talking it's like i don't know 66 or 70 yeah, outside. yeah. i was like wow and it's rainy and overcast yeah. and and, to, and next week it'll be 100 right so you you have to have conscious of what is surrounding us right so um your dough your your flour your product has to be stored properly made same time generally every morning with the same process everything is weight even though you do it every single day right it's kind of boring to to probably the the person that or it's, it's not really boring but it's if you're wanting to be that that guy that's on tv that's showing his culinary ex- expertise every single plate right yeah this isn't the job for you it this is a a you science of love and, and consistency. Yeah. We're weighing it. We're temping it. We're, we're, we're portioning it into a certain size. It's, it's a, a small bulk fermentation process. And then we put it into balls. And then yeah. we put it into a, a cooler and cold ferment it. And so we do that cold fermentation. I mean, I've done them two days. That's like the minimum. But honestly, I don't really like doing them two days. They're kind of tough. We want them to be... A little lighter, a little better on your digestive. Three days is, is really yeah, because the, nice. the yeast are doing some of that pre work for your yeah, digestion yeah, there. Yeah, eating all the sugars and, and making it yeah. be digestible for you and giving you the the flavor, flavor from Frank to kind of marry into the whole ball of dough and you know that's the basis for what you're you're going to lay everything down on. It's like the foundation of your house. And Frank, so the the thing is with with a poolish with that pre ferment you and I won't ask you to give away any industry trade secrets or anything, but. So it sounds like you're adding a little bit of a little yeast spike. So you make sure you get the right rise that you're looking for, plus the flavor from Frank mixing that together. It sounds like you use a little bit of oil in your dough. Yeah, oil, salt, and the browning agent. Perfect. Your your longer ferment is two days, you said bare minimum. What's your bulk ferment before you put it into dough balls? So just on the table, maybe an hour, two hours. Just to get a little chance to relax yeah, a little so bit. Yeah, so it's kind of just doing, you know, hanging out there again. Yeah. Everything likes to hang out. For me, leftovers are better than the actual, you know. So if you gave me, <laughs> if you gave me some good red sauce and pasta to eat today and I was like oh man that was really good yeah and you put it in the refrigerator and I pull it out and I have it for lunch or something tomorrow it's like oh man even that better. was that was really really good when you first mix the dough and I'm assuming you've you've got to use a mixer because you've got to use a ton you're mixing it yeah. by hand that's yeah, all you'd yeah. be doing all day so from when you first put that first mix together and then you let it sit for on the bench for like an hour or so how does the dough change from that first mix to right before you put it into that ball stage so it's more relaxed right so it's, it's coming out we we got the spiral with the post right so yeah it's a little more gentle it's not a spiral it's just the post sure spiral is just a spiral right and and that'll generate a little more heat so you kind of you got to watch it but our methodology that we use once it comes out you know it's it's going to be between 60 and nothing over 70 right it's sure. nice and easy soft dough but it, it becomes more relaxed. Yeah. So you, and you can tell if if the kid rushed it. So if I maybe come in a little bit later and my son's already starting to ball it, because I'll, I'll let him do his thing and get his morning acclimated, and he turns everything on and gets it ready, gets the dough started. And I usually try to slide in there somewhere around the dough's already on the table being relaxed, and then I'll go, let's go. We get, we'll cut it, and we'll bang it out and put it in the cooler, and then yeah. we'll, we'll start the day and make the pies. But... Sometimes I'll, you know, if you come in and it's like, oh, you're you're rolling already, you know, 
He'll either have gotten there early or he, he was just like, couldn't wait for me any longer. Just moving through it. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. But, you know, it still becomes uh, three days in the, in the cooler. So yeah. we always say, we have a saying up there, nothing Russian, only Italian. So, you know. <laughs> I love it. Well, it, that, it works good. How did you just come to make your, your pizza dough? Did you just decide to say, hey, I'm going to make an awesome New York slice and I want it to taste like this? Or I'm just kind of curious because I'm working on figuring out my own pizza dough. I've made a lot of other people's recipes. I want it to smell nice. When it comes out of the oven, I want the dough to smell like something. So I don't know if I want to feed a sourdough culture every day, but I like a pre-ferment, making a a short-term biga or poolish the day before. Yeah, like 18 hours, let it sit on the counter kind of deal. Get a little flavor. You can gain a lot from that. Right. So I'm kind of middle ground. So that's kind of the things I'm thinking about. I guess, how do you like your pizza? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I would just say, yeah, like, if you're going to do it at home and, and you, you don't want to feed the starter and, and keep that in your refrigerator, yeah, so you're, it's Wednesday and you're going to make some pizza on Friday or Saturday. Yeah. Make yourself that little Biga starter and just let it sit there, you know, in an area of the house that's, you know, in a kind of cool, dark place. It's probably going to double in size, so you need you need to... Give it some take, room. Yeah, give it some room. And then just whatever it is that you're making when you make the pizza, just... Have fun and mm. love it. Honestly, that's the key to, that's our number one ingredient. And I always tell everybody that works for me, you know, like, hey, the people that are eating our food, they can tell if you're smiling when you make the food. Like, like if you're it. not happy making the food, they're not happy eating the food. My key to my success of what we do is we found the New York slice. We, we feel like we got it dialed in pretty good and we stay where we're at. So to, to be level on a daily where we come in, we calculate it, I wanted to have everybody in the pizza place, right? So everybody's like, there's this best tag, and I get quite a bit of people that are the best, you're the best, you're the best. So in order to be really like the best, then you have to be like the best ambassador mm. of, of pizza. Matt Frampton, he's been on here before. He has, We, we yes. have a lot of things going on. We need two segments. But Frampton <laughs> and I are about to do some traveling for his business. Awesome. And he's a genius on a whole nother level, right? And, and when I first met him, I couldn't get pizza on my plate. And my wife comes in. She goes, hey, who's in here eating with the pizza plate? you know find out and i'm like what and i meet this guy and his name's matt frampton he tells me he's got the pizza plate i'm like dude i had to get pizza with the number one you know the the number one instead of it because somebody had pizza i didn't know it was you you know we met oh uh, oh same license plate same license, license plate, like plate. a prestige plate right yeah, 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 yeah. and he goes dude what you got p you, well okay i you're you're number one anyway like the number so you guys one. are like we're out eating somewhere no and he the... came into my pizzeria oh and my wife had dropped off a kid from <laughs> school or whatever you know have to do the whole family <laughs> and thing. she sees the license plate and like wait she's like hey man someone's in here eating with the pizza plate you know, oh. like who has that? And so, oh, that's too. So, you know, funny. and I talk to everybody that comes in there, if, especially if they got a pizza license. Plate. Well, yeah, if, if that gets on my <laughs> radar, you know, I'm like, hey, yeah. who has this plate? So I meet Matt, and I kind of run it by him. I'm like, hey, man, I want to start shoot a couple crazy ideas out to him and do this pizza thing. And he's telling me, you know, he's a champion barbecuer, but he's getting into this pizza thing, and you know, and then COVID kind of hit, and we we lost touch a little bit. And then Straw Hacker from Dante, oh, Nick Straw Hacker, yep. he comes in and. I'm like, oh man! Anytime a pizza person comes in, like it's 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 an honor. It's it's definitely an honor. And I, and one of the things I say is, we're the place where pizza owners come to eat pizza because mm. I get a lot of them in there, and it's a respect thing. Like, 
I respect what they do. I respect what all the pizzerias, anybody that has any type of business that somebody gives them money to go eat their food, right? Sure. They're winning. So I don't really do the judge thing on, I might judge your parallel parking up there, but I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't judge you on the quality of your customers or what you do or your price points or any of that stuff. As long as you're doing it and people are paying you and you care about it, then, hey, man, God bless you. That's, you the, go. that's the way to do it. Yeah. And so through the community of being a good ambassador for pizza and people trying to make me be a number one, I thought, okay, what would a number one do? Um, learn from his mentors. There's other people that do things like I'm doing here. So I just took the lead and said, I'm going to start this Metro Omaha Pizza Alliance. Yeah. I reached out to as many people via text or email or direct messenger or however I can, get, you get, them. However I can get them. And I did multiple blasts over like a three-week period, and then I set a thing. And, you know, I think like I had 11 or 13 pizzerias come, probably 15 that were wanted to be committed and three that have since been added, right? So we, I would say we have about, you know, 17 to 18 people ranging from – all the way out 204th Street to down on 13th Street. So like the Via Farina, then there's the back lot in Exarban and way oh, yeah. out on 204th. We got Dan Reed from Double Zero. Um, I feel like I should almost name them all if I can think of them off the top of my head, but we got Coniglia Zalmano, uh, the La Casas guys. Well, and how cool the amount of pizza places in Omaha that, that care enough that are putting those things in and all those places you rattled off everybody's got a totally different style of pizza. Over the years and, and being efficient in kitchens, you know, the MOPA made sense to do, to share knowledge with everybody that's doing it so you're not alone, to network, to share ideas with each other, source good products. It's really about that sense of community and not necessarily being the best, but being the best ambassador. Well, and yeah, and, and you know, maybe maybe even it's striving for being the best at what you want to do for yourself, you know, for your pizza, for your thing. So that's awesome. So MOPA, so you guys are, and, and girls and anybody that wants to join, right, are collaborating between these different smaller restaurants, right? You don't have the big, big chains in there or anything like that. And so you're talking about ingredients, process, you're just kind of helping each other be the best at what you want to do. Is that kind of the, the goal? Yeah, that's, that's it. Like-minded individuals sharing ideas and uh, kind of celebrate yourself for getting out of bed, being your own boss, doing it. These big chains, they have uh, uh, little percentages where they have national marketing campaigns that sure. help them drive business. But there's a line. Yes, these guys are local, but most of the people that are having chain restaurants are no one's driving in from corporate out wherever it is and work on the counter. That's a local kid or, sure. you know, guy or girl, whatever the person may be. So there again, you're choosing what your platform is. Is it quick? Is it fast? Is it inexpensive? Am I feeding how many people? So all those dynamics play into it. But That's for us, point. for us, Pizzaiola guys that are independents, yeah, this is this is just like, so everybody hosts one. They don't have to. Just a, it, it organically happened. I, yeah. I hosted the first one. Then I think uh, Frank's Pizzeria was like, hey, I want to host the second one. And so he hosted it. And then Dante did, and I, I believe we're getting ready to do, maybe I want to do like, so we got some guys that have food trucks and, and different sure. things that aren't brick and mortar, so they're going to take over like trucks and taps, and I think we're oh, going to, yeah, I think we're going to be make that one more like a uh, 
a family type deal, like uh, kind of the end of the summer deal. Yeah. Maybe do some gunny sack races or an egg toss or balloon toss or make it a big, big yeah, big, just you know, thing. yeah, just have yeah. watermelon and pizza and, and just r- so, hang out and run around outside. So you've got so you went to Geminiani School. I know Frampton did also. I think mm-hmm. you're the only two guys in the area that did that, right? Yeah, okay. You've got. Strawhecker, who's got Dante, and is like the only like what DOP certified yeah, VPN, VPN yep, certified VPN, pizza yeah. in, in the area. So you've got a lot of uh, pizza brain power in one. Well, yeah, place. and then you got La Casa; they just celebrated oh, seventy years, right? So, so with all this brain power in one location, though, have there been any like really cool discoveries or just collaborations where you guys have been talking and? Somebody says, oh, I didn't think of that. Or what have been the fruits of your labor? Have you have you guys been able to solve some problems together or, or things like that? Well, so the first one was just like, hey, who wants to come? Ah, okay. All right. The second one was like, okay, hey, this is kind of now it'll become a thing. We, ah, we should have some some, okay. some kind of guidelines. Sure, sure. And so the third one, we set some points of interest that we – we wanted to speak about. We talked about those. Got it. And then the next one that's coming up will be uh, kind of the solidification of the MOPA. So we're so at the, the beginning of this You're still. at the very infant stages of this. Okay. Um, September. So it'll be a year in September. September, we hosted the first one yeah. at Virtuoso Pizzeria. And uh, we're going to have some, some bylaws. And you have to participate. You can't just be, hey, I want to be a member but never come to the any of the meetups or offer any information or it's a collaboration yeah you you can't just say it to be part of it because it's cool now right you don't just get a sticker on the window yeah you gotta you gotta gotta participate and and all that really means is just value the people that are in it with you You Mm -hmm. if you have something like that you want to share and the first one i organized i was like okay let's see who's using grande cheese and corto olive oil and who's using stanislaus tomatoes or chow tomatoes and let's try to to get some quality ingredients Mm -hmm. that aren't special ordered so that everything i order is in a special order but also if you do better other people do better Mm -hmm. and if you hang out with people that care about quality and success and not 33 cents or something to that effect so i'm not monetarily driven by anything that i do money is fundamental but it's not nowhere near the top of anything that would make me happy right like yeah doing something at a high level having the people around you that are happy family friends well, you memories those are the things that are like the important things in life yeah. and then money Yes, you can go further and do more and stuff. But even if you don't have any money, I mean, I grew up with no money. And, and those are my best memories and my best stories. And they're food-centric and food feeds the soul. And mm-hmm. you break bread with people. It's different than just spending 20 bucks with them and never knowing them. You just walked into that place and, and you never know anything about them. And my whole team will say, I'll come back and I'll go, do you know that guy or you know that lady? They did, you know, they're this many years old, they have this many kids, they're in from this place or they're doing this or this or this. or, And they'll go, what? The, how did you get that? I go, it's just the way that you talk to people, right? So mm-hmm. you, you engage. It's not about you. It's about an experience. And I, I think that's where my real GBD is, right? Yeah. So when I first came in, it was kind of like very much like, hey, no one rulies and just this is my way. We're doing it this way. And because I'm a little over 50 now and uh, the mind is different, like your palate changes every seven years, your mind also, you go, okay, you know, it, it shouldn't be this much stress. It shouldn't be that hard. It's, it's not really worth that struggle. 
whatever. So well, you just kind of deliver things more and just you know, yeah. try to be Well, I, I think I think to kind of put all the slices together in one one pizza pie. <laughs> um, a couple of things that you said that, that I kind of wanted to bring together. And, and one is a few times we talked about the Get Better Daily. I absolutely love that. And I love the fact that you had said to be the best, you, you wanted to help others achieve more. You know, what would the best person do? The best person would help others get even better. So whether that's your systems at the restaurant, the ingredients you're looking for, or, or MOPA collaborating together, you're striving to help yourself and others because you're going to learn and you're going to increase that. The other thing is you had mentioned about the pizza community, and this is something even reading all those books or whatever you and I are talking about, but locally here too, everybody's so collaborative. Everybody will will talk to you about the ingredients. It's like Brett at Izzy's. He does, he, there's no shame in, in, in what tomatoes he's got. He's got a can of the tomatoes right out there. He'll tell you exactly what tomatoes he uses, right? You, you all are, are talking about those things. And then the other aspect besides the get better daily and and constant improvement and striving for perfection we had talked about uh piero from wd cravings and i think he said on on the show that you know perfection is an ideal it's something you strive for and you continue to get better but the other piece yeah there's no real perfection right right? that's like you work like fake but it's fun to say you're looking for or you're trying to be you know like if i go through my day you want to be perfect but you, you yeah, there is no perfect, and perfect is really subjective, right? Exactly. So and, subjective. And, and, you know, pizza, definitely one of those things. There's many, many excellent pizzas. You can have those good things. But the other piece is the family aspect. As you said, you know, second generation, your restaurant, your way. My son is the third doing. generation. Third now. You know, he worked at La Solomia with me. Angelo runs the, the dough. You know, yeah. He's my dough guy. He's, he's the dough system guy, right? Yeah. So, yeah, it is. And then I got my, my youngest son, Mason, that works there. And my other two sons kind of work there a little bit, but they're like, no, dad is way too aggressive when he talks to us here. <laughs> my other two boys are, they're both happy with what they do. So, well, yeah. it's, it's, it's the heart that you're putting into it. And, and the thing is, is that you had mentioned uh, kids getting to see what, what happens in the kitchen. You had mentioned that reward of seeing the smile on your customer's face when they enjoyed something that you, you made. You've got that heart there, and then you're expanding that heart into collaborating with other like pizza-minded folks who also have heart. And, and I think that's just kind of all throughout everything you do and and that's that's cool and you're you're all in you david lissole are are, are yeah, I, I all tattooed in. the pizza right on my hand you know yeah like, let's do it yeah literally well first of all thank you so much for coming to talk with me yes thank and if you for people want to see what's going on with virtuoso pizza or mopa or anything what's the best place to keep in touch with the world of pizza according to david lissole i would say uh virtuoso pizzeria dot com i guess cool. right? like our, our website you would find it or just you your know. socials very active as yeah, well yeah our too. socials are virtuoso pizza 23 yep okay yep. that's our mm-hmm. socials for instagram twitter and facebook i don't do any of those so when <laughs> you just pizza. said that i was like oh this is not my wheelhouse that's my wife that does all that <laughs> i do the cooking and all that the pizzeria you come see us at 6056 Maple Street, right in the heart of Benson, right next to the Benson Theater and down by Haney Shoes. We're kind of sandwiched in between both of those spots. And then MOPA is something that we're going to get some uh, 
some social presence on here cool. coming up. I got a, a feeling we're going to do another episode, and I got a couple other things in the social media world that I'm doing. So, all right, yeah, uh, it should be announced on any of the people that we mentioned's pizza pages as well as ours. Because one of the things that we'll do on the Mopa page is profile every pizzeria that's there, their sure. owner, kind of their principles, and and what style they do and where they're located, love so it. that everybody gets the same amount of love. And and that's really there's enough pizza for everybody and. It shouldn't be such a competition in life, right? Like, if you're feeding your family, you're a good person, and somebody loves you at the end of the day, you just won. I don't know if we can end it any better than that, except the only other thing that I will say as a cliffhanger is he said that the restaurant was sandwiched in there, and we didn't even talk about the hot beef that's available at Virtuo. So that's delicious. So <laughs> we're going to end it there. And this is Dave with Fatterday Omaha. And thank you so much for spending time with us. And uh, we're going to sign it off here. And as we say, until we eat again, stay hungry. Bye-bye. Ciao. Our show is recorded and produced by Fatterday Omaha. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, as well as email FatterdayOmaha at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and stay hungry. Fatterday Omaha. Eat this.